You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit VOTR.church. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff. I'm the lead pastor here at the Vineyard, and I have a crazy thought for you as we warm up and spend time together this morning. It is now officially T minus one week until Christmas. Some clapping and some nervous laughter. That's what I heard. Anybody else stressed? This Here, let me tell you how I deal with the stress of the season. I, I, I bend my theology a little bit and I make it biblical. Okay, you can't tell me that Mary and Joseph weren't stressing out a little bit when they were traveling halfway across their nation, pregnant with the very son of God. They were stressed, so I can be stressed too. It's in the book. It's in, listen, that's, that is bad theology, by the way. I'm not saying that you should like preach that. I'm not preaching. I'm just saying, like you can take camaraderie with the parents of the Lord. This is how I justify things in my life. Um, This is why I got to stick to the notes, you know, like it's really important. That's why I put the notes here. Anyway, let's talk about what's happening at the Vineyard in the next week. There's a lot of stuff happening at the Vineyard in the next week. Want to make sure that you're aware of all of it. This coming Wednesday on December 21st at 6.30 p.m. in this very room, we have a a unique and a special service for anyone who may be struggling this time of year. You know, I mean, like everywhere you go right now, every store you go in, it's all deck the halls and it's all joy to the world. And the reality is some of us have experienced a fair amount of loss in the last calendar year. And it is really challenging to sing joy to the world if you haven't also given your heart an opportunity to grieve, to mourn, and to really uh, let go of all of that pain and place it at the cross. And so if this is you, or if this is someone you know, Blue Christmas is a service that is specially designed for you, especially designed for you to experience the comfort and the peace of Jesus Christ this time of year. It's coming on Wednesday, the 21st at 6.30 p.m. And usually, I'm not pretending to read your mind, but usually if this is you, I kind of know what happens. You, you kind of don't want to go and you want to avoid things like this. But I'm telling you, there's no better way to enter into the celebration of the season than to also allow your heart a time and an opportunity to grieve. And so if you need that, come to Blue Christmas. We designed it especially for anyone who's experiencing pain this year. Then, of course, on Christmas Eve, we have two really special family and candlelight services at 3 and at 4.30. Both of them are identical, so you can just choose one to go to. And both of them will have a special kids moment that is always incredibly cute, and we can't wait to see all our kids up here around the stage and everything. And, And just the thing I want you to know about Christmas Eve is that there are all kinds of people who wouldn't normally come to church, but they would come to church with you on Christmas Eve. That's why we put the invites on your seat. So grab that invite. On one side, there's an invitation to Blue Christmas. On the other side, there's an invitation to Christmas Eve. And take it and give it away to someone in your life. Or download the invite, put it on social media, text it to a friend or a family member. Because we're really hoping that we can be a place that's hospitable to guests and hospitable to, uh, to newcomers to invite them in to experience the love of Jesus Christ. Help us to celebrate Christmas together that way. And just... Because we're inviting so many folks, um, you may want to come 10 or 15 minutes early, which I know is a little bit of a stretch for vineyard folks. Um, 
but you may. You may want to come. And one of the best ways you can be hospitable is to like move forward and maybe move to the middle. Here's a crazy thought. I know COVID has taught us the complete opposite, but you might have to sit by a stranger. I don't think anything bad is going to happen to you, but I just want to set the expectations beforehand that that we think it could be fairly packed. And so you might want to come 10 or 15 minutes early and sit, um, sit in a way that maybe it helps our guests feel very invited into our community. Then, of course, nothing on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Just a reminder, New Year's Day is online only. New Year's Day, that Sunday, is online only. It's such a gift to our staff and a gift to our volunteers. Uh, really helps us start the year off very rested and kind of ready to rock for the upcoming year. Um, but please join us because it's going to be a special Sunday online. And so you want to make sure to mark your calendar for that. More than anything, though, I know there's a lot of details. I know there's a lot going on. More than anything, I just want to, I just want to share heart to heart with you from our staff. We are really excited to celebrate Christmas with you. We look forward to this every time of year. We, uh, we don't circle this date as like a moment of stress for us as a staff. We circle it as a moment of celebration where we get to share the holiday with you. And so please know we're incredibly excited to share that moment with you and we can't wait to worship together. All right. Well, as I transition into our message for today, I want to remind you that over the course of the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Limited Self, Unlimited God. Limited self, unlimited God. And we've just recognized collectively that we don't always like to admit that we have limits in our lives. In fact, many of us have become very well versed at pressing ourselves to capacity day in and day out and seeing how much we can accomplish. But the reality is when you live like that over a long period of time, you become very aware of your limits, your emotional limits, your physical limits, your financial limits, whatever it is. And so we need to remind ourselves, especially this time of year, that we are limited, but we serve an unlimited God. Limited self, unlimited God. Every year in an attempt to kind of practice what I preach, I try to get away for a few days to have a spiritual retreat, a three-day spiritual retreat. It helps me slow down. It helps me recalibrate my heart, make sure the main thing is the main thing in my own life and And it really just invigorates my soul, allows me to put my own production on a hold and trust that the Lord is working on our behalf. This year, I went to Arizona for a few days. And while I was in Arizona, I prayed a lot and I dreamt a lot about this very series, Limited Self, Unlimited God. And while I was in Arizona, I was really drawn to the Suaro Cactus. If you've ever seen a saguaro cactus, it's a it's kind of an iconic-like succulent tree that grows in the desert. It's in all the pictures, and it really just kind of captivates um, captivates the desert in a really unique way. I have a picture for you because I want to I want to point something out. The saguaro cactus it grows incredibly slowly, like so so slow. These cacti, if you were to use the plural sense, right, are probably over two hundred years old in this picture. It takes 10 years for a saguaro cactus to grow one inch. 10 years, one inch. And then the growth seems to slow down 50 years to be about three feet tall, about 70 years for it to flower for the very first time. And then the budding of its first arm, just the budding of its first arm usually doesn't happen until the first hundred years of the saguaro cactus life. So these cacti are quite old. Now, 
When I was praying about this series and when I was thinking about limited self, unlimited God, it dawned on me that that Swaro cactus right there, it does not look stressed out about its lack of progress. I know they don't have feelings, but bear with me. They don't look anxious about how slow they are growing or how much impact they're having on the desert in such a short period of time. And I use this picture to reillustrate what we talked about a few weeks ago, that Jesus, when he walked the earth, was never in a frenzy. Jesus was never walking from village to village with his hair frazzled because he, he was so stressed out and so anxious about how the message of the kingdom was going to spread across the world. I love how Japanese theologian Kosuke Koyama says it, the kingdom grows at three miles per hour. The kingdom grows at three miles per hour. See, Jesus, he went from town to town, and he never cared that he had to walk. He was never stressed out about how fast or how slow it would take to get to the next village to share the message of the kingdom. If you didn't know, three miles an hour, it's about the average speed that you can walk. Now, I know some of you are like power walkers, and you're like, I can do four, (laughs) right? But again, I don't imagine Jesus walking from village to village like, we got to get there, we got to get there right now, right? He took a stroll from town to town, preaching the message of the gospel, and it never bothered him that he was expanding the kingdom three miles per hour at a time. So we can collectively, this season, embrace our own limited nature, trusting that we're connected to a God with unlimited power and unlimited authority. And as we continue our series this morning, that's exactly what we're talking about this morning, a message titled Limited Authority, Unlimited God. We have limited authority, but we serve an unlimited God. Like power from last week, it's true that all of us do have a degree of power. All of us do have a degree of authority. If you have children... When those children are first born, you pretty much have complete authority over their life. But as they grow and as they age, you begin to give them more slack. You begin to give them more line because you need to, you need to like place your authority upon their own lives so they can begin making decisions for their future, how they're going to live. And this is the, an important part of all of our journeys that we grow and expand, that we grow into the authority that God has given to our lives. To a varying degree, we all have a different amount of authority. You have the personal authority over like what you eat and what you drink. You have the authority over how you spend your money or how you work, how you engage with people in your life. You have the authority on when you're done with church, how fast you are going to drive away from this building. Not because you don't like it, but because you like to drive fast. (laughs) If you drive too fast, a greater authority will pull you over and give you a ticket. (laughs) And if you drive too slow, someone with a lot of perceived authority may cut you off. You'll get to experience a bit of, of road rage, right? Like, this is the reality. We all have a degree of authority, but intuitively and concretely, as we go about our lives, we realize that even our own authority, it has limits. But thankfully, we are connected with and we serve an unlimited God. Our text for today is from Colossians 1. 
And like last week, the letter from Philippians, this passage in Colossians is almost poetic in nature. And the entire passage, this paragraph, is really all about the supremacy and the centrality of Jesus Christ. That he holds all authority on earth and in heaven. And he's inviting us to give him that authority in our own lives as well. Colossians 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. The centrality and the supremacy of Christ. If you've never made a decision to put Christ at the very center of your life, then today could be your day. This could be the day that you invite Jesus to be Lord of your life and you give him the center of your life. That last verse that I read, which we'll talk together uh, about shortly, could happen for you today. You could be reconciled eternally to God by trusting in Jesus and believing in the work of the cross. If you need to give your life to Christ today, then by that, the time we close our service together, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to that very call. But first, I want to go back to verse 15. I want to look at verse 15 together one more time. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Now, I personally love this passage for so many different reasons, but one of the primary reasons is because many of us, we go about life and we wonder what God is truly like. You know, we ascribe to the Christian faith and we begin to live for God, but as we wander and meander through life, we begin to experience a variety of different things, troubles, trials, blessing, and, and even suffering, and we all eventually have these questions of what is God actually like? All, are all of these things coming to me from God? How is this work in the kingdom? And then if you read the Old Testament and you dig through some of those stories, then they can, you can really have some head scratchers and you can start to wonder, is this the fullness or am I getting a picture or what exactly is happening in these pages that are supposed to reveal God to me and everyone around me? This passage is beautiful because it reminds us that if you're wondering who God truly is, all you have to do is look at Jesus. If you've ever wondered who God truly is, all you have to do is read the Gospels. Jesus displays God perfectly because he is God himself. So if you want to know, and if you want to see, and if you want to experience the love and the power of God, all you have to do is study the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ. By looking at Christ, you discover God. Because of this, I want to invite you into something special that we have planned for you in the new year. 
And I know we're already all freaking out about Christmas, so the new year sounds like, you know, months in advance. But I promise you, if Christmas crept up on you, the new year might creep up on you too. And so I'm just going to do you a favor and tell you a little bit about 2023, something that we have for you that I want to invite you into. It's called Holy Hustle. It should elicit memories of Gold's gym. And that's on purpose because Holy Hustle is designed to help you train in godliness. It's all inspired by 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 where it says training for physical needs is good, but training in godliness is even better. And we want to create something so we can start the year off on the right foot. So we did this last year. It's called Holy Sweat. We just changed the name, but it's a very similar principle, Holy Hustle. We read a book together as a church. We already have that picked out. And if you need help buying that book, just let me know. We've got a few extra copies we can share with you. You get an email from me every few days just to kind of keep you on pace and keep you on track. We have a lot of ways that you can connect with us on social media and hear more and share more about what God might be doing in your life. And then we have a Bible reading plan that's designed to help us press into the new year in a really powerful way. We read three chapters of the Gospels every single day. Now, that might sound like a lot for you. It might be more Bible than you've ever read before, but here's the really great thing. If you sign up for that and you give it a go, even if you don't hit the mark, a little bit of Bible is better than no Bible, right? And if you do read three chapters of the Gospels each day, you'll read all four Gospels in the month of January, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You will see the invisible God through the visible representation of Jesus Christ. You'll begin to know and experience him in deeper and more profound ways. This is how collectively we want to start the year together. So I want to encourage you to sign up for that. We had about 85 people sign up last year. So register, buy the book, uh, get plugged in on the Bible reading plan, and look. let's all look forward to prayerfully encountering and experiencing God in new ways at the beginning of 2023. Christ Jesus, the visible image of the invisible God. Back to our passage then as we begin to just continue, continually work our way through verses 15, 16, 17, all the way to verse 20, you see that Christ, is, his authority is displayed in a variety of different ways. And you can kind of summarize this passage in one small sentence, is that Christ has authority over creation, the church, and our lives. Christ has authority over creation, the church, and our lives. Verse 16 and 17 say it pretty clearly that all things were created through him and by him and for him. Through him, by him, and for him. That he existed before everything else and he holds all of creation together. Now, I love personally that God not only made it happen, that we serve a creative God, but that he's still engaged in the created order. He's still engaged in our lives. It's not like God created everything and then took a giant step back and said, y'all can fend for yourself now. It might feel that way to some of us. It might feel that way to more of us right now in this season of life than at other seasons of life. But the reality is, and the promise of God is that he created it and he sustains it. And you can't sustain life unless you're intricately involved in that created order. God created all things and he's still involved in all things. Now, this is incredibly reassuring to us because it takes a whole bunch of pressure off of us. It takes all the pressure off of us, actually, because it means that we don't have to keep things going in our own lives. We don't have to work harder and do so much to sustain our own lives, but God created it and he is sustaining it. It started with God and it continues with 
God. N.T. Wright, in a book that I would highly recommend to anyone, uh, called uh, titled Surprised by Hope, rather, has a beautiful quote in it. N.T. Wright wrote, we are creatures. And that is a very freeing thought. We are creatures. We don't have to be the creator. We don't have to be the sustainer of all life. We are creatures, and that is a very freeing thought. Limited self, limited power, limited authority, unlimited God. Unlimited God. Continue on in our passage, and it becomes very clear that Christ's authority extends also to the church. It extends to what we're doing right here, right now. Of course, it also extends to every local congregation and every local city across the global world. Christ has authority over the church. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body, it says. And as a pastor, man, this is so freeing for me. This is so freeing for me because I I can be kind of performance-oriented, if you didn't know that. And, and I can struggle when it seems like things aren't going the way I want them to go. And I can put pressure on myself, but then I need to read first Col- or Colossians 1, verse 18, that Christ is head of the church, that he is going to make it happen, that it's his purpose and it's his will and it's his presence that's moving this thing forward. I don't have to be the center of it all. In fact, it would be incredibly dangerous if I was. Amen? Amen. <laughs> This is good. This is good. And you know what? For all of us, whether you're a pastor or not, because many of us will look around the world right now and will say, Lord, what is happening? What's happening to our culture? What's happening to the church? People are leaving the church like crazy. What's going to happen? Oh, no, Lord. Is the church going to be okay? Yes, it is. Verse 18, Christ is head of the church. We are his body. If we stay connected to the head, it's going to be okay. God will make it happen. God will take his message and spread it across the globe. God will do the thing. We just have to stay connected to him. He's already at work. He's already at work. He's already drawing people to himself. That's why we always invite people, or we ask you to invite people to Christmas Eve, or bring them to church, or share the the message of what Christ has done in your life with your neighbors, your friends, your family, or whoever it is. And it can be intimidating and it can feel a little awkward the first times you do that. But truthfully, if God is the head of the church, if God is already at work, then there's no pressure on us. All we have to do is be faithful to the story that he's given to us and trust that he's drawing people to himself. And when you think about it that way, man, like we can share this message with anyone and everyone because it hardly matters what the results are. We just have to be faithful to what he's placed in our heart. It's God's doing. He is the head. We are the body. Truthfully, God is at work all over the place. He's at work in your life right now. He's transforming you. He's drawing you closer and deeper into his love and into his presence, but he's also at work in every life that you encounter. There's not a single life that you won't encounter where God isn't already at work. Isn't that a freeing thought? That's such a freeing thought. That means he's already working in your friends' lives. He's already working in your neighborhood. He's already working at your workplace. He's already working at where you like to have fun. God is moving and he's drawing people towards himself. The main point once more, Christ has authority over creation. He has authority over the church and he has authority over our lives. And isn't it true that creation just works best when Christ is in control? 
The church works best when Christ is in control. Not Jeff, not Natalie, not any pastor on staff. Church works best when Christ is in control. And your life is the same. Life works best when Christ is in control. You can try to have authority over your own life and God will actually do this really interesting thing. He'll start to give you line. He'll start to give you slack. He really will. It's a mysterious kind of thing, the way it works in the kingdom. He will give you some line and he will give you some slack. But I'm telling you, your life works best when Christ is in control. Some of you have never allowed Christ to be the main authority in and over your life. Maybe you've never considered that you need to make that decision. Maybe no one's ever told you that it's important to make that first time decision to invite Christ to be the main authority over your life. And if that's you, I imagine that even as I'm preaching, even as you're gathering for worship, that God is drawing your heart closer and closer to his. He's preparing you to make a decision to follow Christ for the rest of your life. And like I said, by the end of our time, together we'll give you an opportunity to respond in that kind of way this morning. But for all of us, for all of us, even if you've been following Christ your entire life, it's important for us to commonly reflect and to commonly assess uh, on, the, on the idea on who really has control over our life. Who's really holding the reins of our life? Is it me? Am I starting to edge God out? Am I starting to elbow him out of his placement and, and authority in my life? Or am I continually handing him the reins and giving him the authority in my life? You know, before you make major life decisions, do you seek him? Before you make decisions that will impact the people around you who you deeply love and care for, do you seek him? Even as you go about your normal day-to-day or week-to-week business, do you seek him or are you just beginning to trust in your own authority and trust in your own power? Life works best when Christ is in control. We only have so much power and authority anyway. So let's always be tapping into his unlimited power and his unlimited authority. Last verse from our passage, because it really begins to, well, that doesn't begin. It really solidifies where Christ got all of this authority, how Christ got all of this authority. Verse 20, and through him, through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. When Christ was crucified, everything changed. It was his sacrifice that made a way for you to be forgiven. It's his sacrifice that began the process of putting all of creation back into order again. The very centrality of the cross is vital to our faith because it's where God reconciles all things. It makes a way for you to be reconciled to God. And this is going to be really important for some of us today. It makes a way for the people you love to be reconciled to God. Not only you, but everyone who you deeply care and deeply love. It's only through the cross. And that's important for us because for you and for me, we have to recognize that we can't save anyone. We really can't. We want to. We desperately want to. But we can't save anyone. 
And I know, especially if you're a parent in this room, that's quite a scary thought, but you can't save your children. Only Christ can do that. Only Christ can do that. There are things we do to help. Of course there are. There's all kinds of things we do to help. Natalie and I, we do all kinds of things to help set up the message so that our kids can receive it. We read scripture to them. We serve with them. We teach them about a Christian worldview. And and when we do all kinds of things, we go to church with them. On Christmas Eve, we're going to buy matching dresses for them and parade them around so you all can see. (laughs) I love that part of Christmas Eve. We make them dress up on two Sundays a year, Easter and Christmas Eve. And you can believe, I know those days are numbered, but we're going to use them as long as we can. This is what we do. We're trying to create a way for them to encounter the unconditional and all-powerful love of God. But truthfully, all we're doing is we're trusting that if we bring them up in the way, that even if they turn, they'll come back. We can't save our children. And if you don't have kids, this applies to your life and any relationship you have. You can't save your spouse. Only Jesus can do that. If you're not married, you can't save your neighbor. You can't save your friend group. You can't save your parents. Only Jesus can do that. Some of us need to give authority and control over our family and over our friends, the authority and control that we've maybe been hoarding in our life. We need to give it back to God. And we need to say, we trust that you are all good, all powerful, all loving. We trust our salvation to you because I can't make it happen in my own strength. Do all the things. Read scripture, serve, wear matching clothes on Christmas. Do all the stuff that helps. Stack the deck in your favor. But you have to trust them unto God. One of the best ways you can do that is to pray. Is to pray. Prayer, by nature, surrenders authority back to one who has all authority in the first place. Prayer, by its nature, is you saying, I can't make it happen. God, would you make it happen? I don't have the authority in my own life, but you do, Lord, and I'm calling on your name. Will you make it happen? Pray. Pray, 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 pray. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Stay at it. Stay at it in the place of prayer. I trust that as I say that, even right now, the Lord is going to be dropping names in your mind. People that you can pray for, people that you can text and say, I'm praying for, how can I pray for you right now? The Lord's going to give you names that you can invite to Christmas Eve and you can say, I've been praying for you. Would you come worship with me? The Lord will do this. Stay in the place of prayer. This last Thanksgiving, Natalie and I had an opportunity to fly back to her home state, Minnesota, from Iowa. She's from Minnesota. And we went back to see her grandma. Her grandma is probably in the last year of her life. She's just kind of nearing the end of her journey. She's in assisted living now. And so whenever we go back to see her family, we always try to spend some time with her grandma, sweet grandma Betty. Because we never know when maybe the last time is we'll get to spend some face-to-face time with Betty. And so this Thanksgiving, we were with our kids and we went to um, her home to to see her. And, and, you know, it, it was such a beautiful moment. It was one of those moments that's kind of hard to focus because the heat was turned so high. <laughs> you're kind of like, dear God, you're shedding layers like crazy and you're trying to stay really engaged. You don't know if it's tears or if it's sweat, but you're wiping your face. <laughs> but it was a beautiful moment. 
it was a really, really beautiful moment. Um, as we were sitting together, she started to tell Natalie and I about how she prays for every single person in our family by name. I asked Natalie later after we were driving home, have you ever heard Grandma Betty talk like that before? And she said, I've never heard her talk like that. As she draws to the end of her life, she's becoming more public about her faith, more public about her intercession. And she said she prays for every single one of us by name. She started listing our kids by name. She said that she prays for each one. She said that she prays for us by name. And she said, I pray for your church. That means she's probably praying for some of you and you don't even know it. Fighting back tears. She says, honestly, I'm ready to go to heaven. But until the day the Lord takes me, I'm going to spend my days in prayer. She said sometimes she doesn't even have all, enough energy to, to finish her prayer list. She's got names because she's got a lot of grandchildren and, and great-grandchildren. And she's got a big church that she's praying for now. And she'll go through it by name, one after another after another. She said sometimes I'm so exhausted that I'll fall asleep before I finish praying through my list. And it dawned on me, I think Grandma Betty has something figured out. I mean, in modern culture, in modern era, so many of us are falling asleep with the TV on. Or falling asleep with a phone in our hand. And here's Grandma Betty, all alone, by the way, with people on her mind and people on her heart, and she's interceding for them, falling asleep in the presence of God. She has got something figured out. Even as I share that story out loud, I see my mom here in the front middle section, and I know that she is a praying woman. In fact, I know that she prayed so much that the rest of us thought she went crazy when she became a Christian. <laughs> but she prayed and she didn't care what we thought because she was praying like our spiritual lives depended on it. And aren't you glad that there are praying moms and praying grandmas and praying great grandmas and praying children and praying friends? Listen, every single time you pray someone, you have no idea how your prayers may impact their salvation. And every time someone gives their life to the Lord that you've been praying for, you are part of that miracle for eternity. You are part of their story. Pray, 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 and never give up. You have no idea when God might answer your prayers. Cannot save our family. And some of us need to just rest in that thought and give it all back to God. But as you give it back to God, don't stop believing and don't quit your faith. Pray and keep on praying. It's through the cross that he will reconcile all things. It's through the cross. And when you keep Christ the center of your life and when you give him authority over every decision and every relationship, you give him authority over your whole life, that's when miracles will begin to show up in small ways and in big ways. It might be a slow kingdom coming. Truthfully, that's how he often moves. In the three mile per hour type of way. It might be more like the swarrow cactus. But trust in the process. And trust in the power of prayer. Life simply works best when he has all authority. And when we give him everything that he's already died for. All of creation, all of this church, and all of our lives. We are limited, but we serve an unlimited God. Let's pray.